Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. everyone and welcome in to another jam-packed edition of fantasy sports today here on sports grid tv we got basketball we got football we got hockey i wish they'd ever let me talk about soccer here on the network maybe maybe i'll have a chat with uh with mr cardano about some soccer uh this weekend george but yeah we we it's action-packed we got of course one of the best thursday night football games ever tonight the new york jets the indianapolis colts the new tom brady mike white goes up against Carson Wentz. How is life out there on Long Island? Well, I'm guessing it's going to be better for me than you if you try to talk about soccer with Mr. Cardano. So good luck to you there. But life is good. Looking forward to the uh, the football game tonight. Apparently more than our producer is. But uh, go J-E-T-S. You know what? I, I actually am looking forward to this game tonight because I, I have made up my mind, George. I am not taking the Indianapolis Colts in Survivor. I feel, I feel pretty confident that I'm not taking them in Survivor. And weirdly enough, I have more fun in my Survivor pools rooting for the popular teams to lose than I do for my teams to win. Like if I don't take... Uh, if I, you know, if I don't take the Indianapolis Colts and Survivor tonight, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna like be the biggest Mike White fan in the world. I am just gonna be begging Brett Levy's New York Jets to to win this game tonight. Let's go ahead and get to our Thursday headlines. Giants catcher Buster Posey told the Athletic that he is retiring. Uh, I I actually found this story a little bit strange, and we can get to it more in a little bit. But Buster Posey just had an absolutely fantastic season at the age of 34. For the San Francisco Giants, he played in 113 games. Uh, he hit 304, 18 home runs. He had a really good season. So I guess he he is going out on the top a little bit. Big news in the NHL. Jack Eichel traded from the Buffalo Sabres to the Vegas Golden Knights. The shorthanded 76ers without Ben Simmons, without Tobias Harris. They win their fourth straight. They beat Chicago 103-98. to Aaron Rodgers, Saquon Barkley, and A.J. Green are all on the COVID list. CeeDee Lamb twisted his ankle today at practice. Odell Beckham, for the second straight day, was excused from practice and told to go home by the Cleveland Browns. So let's uh, actually, I want to start with here. I I do not know anything about this. Why was Jack Eichel, one of the best young players in the NHL, why was he traded? Yeah, this is a strange situation. The NHL one I have never seen in any other sport, baseball, football, or basketball, for, for all I know either. It comes down to Eichel, who's a superstar. All right, and this is a, a really, really, really good player, but he wanted to have a certain surgery. Uh, he's got a, uh, a neck problem, a disc problem in his neck uh, back there. So he wanted a certain surgery that hasn't really been done for professional sports players. The uh, Buffalo Sabres want them to have a different kind of surgery, one that has been done, that they deem safe, and – They've been battling about this since March. All right, we're not talking it's been going on for a couple weeks. It's been going on for eight months now. Ridiculous that this thing wasn't solved. Uh, like I said, so Buffalo wanted them to have one surgery. Eichel wanted them to have another surgery. And this led to divorce. Obviously, there were some other problems as well here, uh, issues. And Eichel's been criticized before, maybe having too much say in the coaching problems there or the call, who's going to be the next coach there. But bottom line is, Sabres are a terrible team. They've been terrible for a long, long time. You had a superstar, and now you don't. 
And this trade they made with Vegas, by the way, hard to see how this makes you better anytime soon. You got Alex Tuck, who second, third line player, a younger player in Krebs, who doesn't look like it's going to be amount to all that much. First and second round picks, which is great for football, hockey. Those picks are going to be around 25 overall, maybe worse. Vegas is already a good team. Now they're a great team when Eichel's healthy, when everyone's healthy on this team. And you're giving back a third round pick. I mean, listen, we'll wait to see what these picks become, what those younger players become, but I hate this trade for Buffalo. Hate it. Can't believe you couldn't get more of a Jack Eichel than this. But as far as the NHL is concerned, at least it's over. Yeah, I, and again, like I said, I am I am definitely an outsider when it comes to the NHL. But like, you know, so so my way of processing this, what would this be like in the NBA, right? So, so a young player who is injured, who is disgruntled. I mean, this would be front page news, right? So I, you know what? Actually, Zion Williamson, great comparison. If Zion Williamson got traded by the New Orleans Pelicans right now, he's injured. It's not the greatest scenario there for him in New Orleans. This would be this would be huge news. So definitely very interesting there. And then just a word on Buster Posey, one of the very rare catcher prospects who was drafted super high. You know, he had uh, he was on the the cover of Sports Illustrated, I think, when he was like nineteen. Uh, it's, you know, just always very interesting. But how often do we see George these these prospects, these number one overall draft picks, do nothing? Right? When, when are we going to see Jason Dominguez, whose names I've heard? You know, I've heard Jason Dominguez for the the Yankees. I've heard his name, you know, about five hundred times, and I have no idea if he'll ever even play for the big league club. So uh, I, sad to see Buster Posey go. I, he is a, a great player to me. Yeah, I was surprised at the hockey week last night uh, working when I heard about this. Uh, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is, of course, why? Only 34 years old, coming off of a very good year, a rebound year. We look at the Posey of old here. Now, he did opt out during the 60-game 2020 COVID season, which some of us thought was odd here, but does that have something to do with that? Did he want to be home more? Did he just want to come back one year to prove that he could do it, and then he's gone again? But surprising, and certainly not good for baseball. I believe outside of Mike Piazza, he, uh, for, for catches who have caught the ball more than 1,000 games, he has the highest OPS. So he'll be missed. He'll be missed. Uh, good luck to you, Mr. Posey, in your future. There we go. Good luck to Buster Posey. Guys, we have an absolute jam-packed show. We got NBA. We got NFL. We're going to get your fantasy football teams right. We are going to preview Thursday Night Football and, of course, go over the NBA standouts. So, everyone, stay tuned for the next two hours. Don't touch that dial. Get comfy. And we're going into break. See you back in a few moments. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid TV. We are excusing George Kurtz for a moment as I bring in our producer, Brett Levy, to discuss the National Basketball Association. We had a big 11-game slate last night. The Portland Trailblazers losing to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Golden State Warriors blowing out 
the Charlotte Hornets. Some pretty interesting results. The Timberwolves lose against the Clippers. The Grizzlies battle out a, a tough win against the Denver Nuggets. The Hawks uh, lose to the Brooklyn Nets. And so that was probably the uh, the game that most people were anticipating last night. Getting to our fantasy standouts, Nikola Jokic, a huge game, 34-11-5 with two steals. Miles Bridges, I mean, this guy, he just, I don't know, FanDuel has to keep jacking his price up, and I don't know how high it's going to get. 32 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks. Miles Turner with an authoritative effort last night, 25 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. Jared Allen in that surprising win, 24 points, 17 rebounds. We talked about Evan Mobley last night, Brad, but Jared Allen getting it done. And then Tyrese Halliburton, 24-7, four steals, two blocks. You love to see those steals on FanDuel. What caught your last uh, caught your eye last night on the uh, the hardwood, Brett? Um, yeah, so I think a lot of big-time performances. Tyrese Halliburton's a guy we've mentioned a few times, Davis, who I'm very high on. Nice to see him play really well. Um, and then, obviously, Jokic and the loss still coming through for the Nuggets. He's going to need some help in Denver. But, uh, yeah, I think those are your takeaways, Davis. Jokic is still looking like an MVP candidate. Possibly John Morant, the other MVP candidate. Jimmy Butler's in there. But, uh, you know, people betting on Jokic preseason probably aren't too upset uh, seeing what he's doing every night for this Nuggets team. No, and I uh, last year I had the uh, I had that uh, that ticket with Jokic. Don't don't have one yet this year. I haven't I haven't seen a great MVP bet uh, for the NBA yet this year. You know, maybe that maybe that'll be a segment you and I will do a little bit later on, looking at some of the NBA markets. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a very interesting season in the NBA, I suppose, because you know we all assume the Nets are going to be dominant. Uh, the Bucks have you know kind of gotten through what they have needed to do. Um, but the Western Conference, you know, we're used to the Western Conference being the conference. The Lakers haven't quite figured things out yet. Uh, the, the Warriors are playing very well, and the Jazz are playing very well, but there's kind of this idea that, well, we, we don't really ever believe in the Jazz because they're always good in the regular season, and then they're never good in the postseason. And then, you know, am I alone in thinking, like, I don't know. It just feels like the Warriors are, are kind, of a, kind of a facade right now because – the defense is not that good, and it, it really does just rely on Steph Curry being amazing because they still don't have Klay Thompson, and at some point, James Wiseman is going to come back, and the Warriors were way worse with Wiseman on the court. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, you're hoping he continues to develop and fulfill his promise, and then obviously Klay Thompson's going to be back in a little bit over a month. He should be back probably the week before Christmas, so he gets a game or two in before the big Christmas Day games, Davis. So I think the Warriors are going to be pretty tough. I don't think, you know, to your point, they're the number one or two seed in the West. But uh, I, I'm a Warriors believer. I think they'll be fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, and I think in the Warriors' minds, they're probably better than a play-in team game. Uh, so... Uh, I think Golden State, definitely going to improve. Uh, Utah, definitely a tough place to play, always at elevation. Uh, and also, just a good home crowd, a really good roster as well. An all-star center, all-star guard. Last year, they had two all-star guards because Conley made an all-star game. So, uh, Utah's a good team. They could certainly be a number one seed in the West, but I don't know if they'd be my favorite. I think the Lakers are basically just tuning up their way to the postseason. Uh, Anthony Davis has been a game-time decision now for uh, almost two weeks, uh, and he's played every night. LeBron James kind of doing the same thing with his ankle, just taking it day by day and letting him see how he's feeling. So uh, these are teams, you know, kind of different trajectories. Uh, Utah is firing on all cylinders right now, and uh, the Lakers, you know, we'll see you in April. Yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll we'll see you in April, which which is probably the right way to think about a team with a bunch of thirty year old guys, uh, you know, or older than thirty for the Los Angeles Lakers. So let's take a look at some of Wednesday night's big questions. The first one, I mean, I I hope you have an answer to this question for me, Brett. What is going on 
with Damian Lillard. I mean, what is the deal? Why can't why can't this guy shoot right now? Well, Davis, they changed the basketballs this offseason. Now, certain people are appearing to have a tougher time than others with the adjustment. But I guess I always thought in my heart of hearts that scoring would go down, what, maybe a few points for each team just as everyone gets adjusted. Obviously, Damian Lillard, it seems to be having the greatest effect on. But I don't really expect this to last very long, Davis. I think we have, what, an eight-game sample size for Damian Lillard right now. Uh, I think over 82 games, he'll look a lot more like the player we've seen over the last five years than over this eight-game stretch. It's also possible, you know, guys just slump anyway, so it could have nothing to do with the basketball. In his next game, right, he comes out eight of eight for three, and we're all like, oh, he's fixed. It's no big deal. But yeah, it stinks that early in the season, he's not playing well. His team's on a losing streak. It, it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. But I'm not that concerned with Damian Lillard. He's an all-star. He's a superstar level player in this league. And I have a feeling he'll figure it out. Yeah, I, I also have a feeling he'll figure it out. You know, it's just a, just a bad run of form for, you know, a guy who is historically great. So I am not worried about... Damian Lillard. Next question, very interesting. Uh, Brandon Ingram has missed, uh, I believe, the last three games for the New Orleans Pelicans, and Zion Williamson has yet to play for the team yet this year and also was looking like an NFL offensive lineman the last we saw him. So will Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson finish this season in New Orleans, Brett? You know what, Davis? I thought, like, as we were talking earlier in the year and New Orleans was struggling, but Ingram was playing so well, I'm like, eh, they might be closer to a playoff team than a true bottom-feeding team. But since Ingram's gone out, it's been really bad in New Orleans. They are currently 1-8. and eight. Uh, We have waiting two to three more weeks for our next Zion update. Uh, we don't know when Ingram's exactly going to be back, so... I don't know. They might be sailing, selling everything that's not attached to the uh, floor there. That's not nailed down, Davis. So I think uh, Ingram is definitely a trade candidate. I don't know if you trade a quote-unquote generational guy like Zion Williamson for just anything, but uh, they'll definitely be listening because, you know, if they're one in 15, they might want to be accumulating draft picks over uh, trying to fight for this season. Yeah, so I, I tend to agree with you. I do not think Zion will be traded. I think if there is a Zion trade, it probably materializes next year. If if for the only reason being that, are you going to get the full package for, for Zion right now? I, I think probably not. And then just real quick here, the Raptors, are they the best road team in the NBA? They keep blowing all these teams out on the road despite the fact that they're no good on offense. It's uh, pretty crazy that they're 4-0 on the road. They just beat the Knicks and Wizards uh, on their home courts, Davis. So uh, early in the season, the Raptors look like a good bet on the road, I would say. Definitely take them as road dogs and uh, hope they keep winning on the money line, too. Yeah, love, uh, love, love the Raptors as a road dog. So there we go, everyone. That is a, a good look at what's going on in the NBA right now. A reminder, if you're playing NBA Daily Fantasy, definitely head over to DailyRoto.com and you can get access to our projections, optimizers, and tools for free. I will be joined back by George Kurtz in just a few moments to continue our discussion of fantasy football. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. 
Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. I am Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz. We just went through some of the NBA fantasy standouts from last night, and now we are going to turn our attention to some NFL fantasy standouts, not from just the last week, but from the first half of the season. We are about to head into Week 9, which will mark the halfway point in our 18-game, our 18-week, 17-game season, the first time we've ever had that extra week and uh, I, I certainly there is no argument that our first player here Corderell Patterson the Falcons hybrid running back wide receiver offensive weapon he's got to be the biggest league winning player of of almost anyone uh, you know kind of kind of like James Robinson was for people last year 268 rushing yards 32 receptions 333 receiving yards and seven touchdowns even last week in that disappointing Falcons game against the Panthers, he still was able to have, you know, double digit uh, touches and the touchdown. I mean, George, if you, if you got Corderell Patterson and you have a losing fantasy team, I feel very bad for you. Yeah, I believe I don't have Cordero Patterson on any team. Not that I can remember anyway. I don't even know if I have any best bowl teams. Anybody draft him back then? Uh, so I think I may be a big donut as far as Corderell Patterson is concerned. I, I guess we've been, We've always known he had the talent, right? He had, he had skills, but no one really knew how to get those skills out or how to use them best in the offense. Well, the Falcons seem to have figured it out. And listen, I don't know if he's going to have as good a second half as he did a first half, but he better because there's not much left there in Atlanta. I mean, Julio Jones is gone. Calvin Ridley, he may be gone. He stepped away from the team. We don't know if and when he's coming back. All right, you got Kyle Pitts, but there's still a rookie tight end. He's going to have good, going to have bad. Disappeared last week, didn't do much here. The running game with Mike Davis really hasn't materialized. It's all Patterson now. I mean, Russell Gage, you know, he's done nothing this year. So it's all Cordero Patterson. The problem is he's not sneaking up on anybody anymore. He actually might be the defense, what defensive court is going to worry about. He's going to be their main focus. So I do wonder, Davis, if he can keep this up the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, and, and we already did see it a little bit last week against the Panthers. He was a little bit less effective. He uh, kind of reverted in touch share with Mike Davis the week before for the Falcons. Mike Davis had gotten only four carries and was not targeted. Then Mike Davis got nine carries, the same as Patterson last week, and actually was targeted more often. You're right, though. It It, it is not as if Corderell Patterson um, – you know, was not a valuable player when getting touches. For example, as a rookie for the Minnesota Vikings, he got 77 targets. He scored four touchdowns on those. And he got 12 rushes and scored three touchdowns on those 12 rushes. 57 touches, 627 yards, seven touchdowns as a rookie. And we basically never saw him in that role again for the Minnesota Vikings. You know, they they never chose to use him that way. Uh, you know, he got 10 rushes the next year two rushes the year after that, seven rushes his final year. Finally, New England uses him a little bit like a running back. He does decent for them. They give up on him. We saw one game where he was a starting running back for the Bears. He did fine, you know, not great. It's just crazy that a guy this talented, and by the way, little little fun trivia here, Cordero Patterson leads the NFL, not, not, right, not right now, forever, all time, in uh, kick return, like yards per kick return. He is an amazing, amazing kick returner. So uh, I, I think the the athletic ability was always there, and uh, it's just been very exciting to see him in this role for the Falcons. Uh, our next guy, I got to admit, this one absolutely 
floored me. I, I did never, I never saw this season coming for Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Leonard Fournette. He has been unbelievable this season. Um, he's got 439 rushing yards on 101 carries, four rushing touchdowns. He's been targeted 39 times in the passing game, caught 30 of them for 239 yards. I mean, he has been unbelievable. I was definitely a Ronald Jones guy, you know, and, and Ronald Jones, to be fair to me, because it's, it, you know, it's my show and I get to be fair to myself. He did start the year, right? The very first game against the Cowboys, he was the starter and he immediately fumbled and lost his job, which, you know, I guess in hindsight felt kind of inevitable, but also Fournette has been able to hold Giovanni Bernard off on third downs. You know, we kind of thought that Giovanni Bernard would play that James White role in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. And he did in one game. Uh, the the one game that the Buccaneers got absolutely um, boat raced against the Los Angeles Rams. But Leonard Fournette, a clear league winner this year, George. Yeah, uh, he's been better. Now, this is a tricky situation, right? Because you brought up Rojo, right? He was there. Gio Ronnie Bernard was there. And I agree with you 100%. We thought Gio would be that third down guy that uh, Brady loved so much at New England. He wanted to have that kind of guy. Yes, he wanted James White. They couldn't get him. So they got Gio. Second best in the opinion there. Uh, Rojo was going to maybe we thought he was a starter coming in, or at least a, some kind of 50 50 split, 40 60 split, whatever it might be. It was going to hurt Fournette. Another player don't have any, any uh, season long leagues. I might have been at a best ball or two because I wasn't sure what, the, what was going to go on here. And he's been very, very good. All right. The fact that Rojo fumbled so early in that game against Dallas or made a mistake, whatever he did. Yeah, it certainly helped here. And Fournette's ran with the job. And, you know, this is when you look back, you know, the old hindsight thing. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised here. Right, teams were never ever going to play the run with uh, with Tampa Bay. Right, they were always going to worry about the passing game with Tom Brady. You know, oh my God, Mike Evans. Oh my God, Chris Godwin. Oh my God, Antonio Brown. Oh, Gronk's back too. You weren't even worried about Fournette. That's an afterthought. Yeah, it's the old. Do I want to die by the knife or do I want to die by the gunshot? Everyone's going to choose the knife. All right, uh, make them go along uh, field here. So Fournette's never going to see the eight-man box. That's really what it came down to. Never going to see that. They're always going to game plan to stop Tom Brady and the passing attack. No choice there, really. Can't really stop both here. So in hindsight, maybe we should have seen this coming, but still it was hard to bank on which one. Fournette, Rojo. Maybe it's going to be a uh, short pass. It's going to be a Geo, that sort of thing. So I don't know if I'm going to knock anybody for this, but Fournette looks back, looks like back to that player he was at Jacksonville, but more dangerous because he's on a much better offense. Yeah, and and being on that better offense, it really has opened things up for him, you know, because uh, Fournette, despite the results this year, he, he he's still not a very elusive guy. He, he's very good at running, you know, in, in one direction, changing direction, not really his thing. But you're right, you know, he is not facing these eight-man boxes, so he's not having to, you know, evade a bunch of guys. He kind of just gets to run into open space. Pretty good at running into open space. Moving now to a, a kind of surprising guy at the tight end position. We've really seen Mike Kosicki take advantage of the injuries to the Miami Dolphins wide receivers. He's having a very strong season, 55 targets, 40 receptions, 475 yards, two touchdowns, and has played uh, over 70% of the snaps for them in every game over the last month. He had eight for 115 against Jacksonville, seven for 85 and a touchdown against Atlanta. And then even with the return of Devontae Parker back for the, uh, you know, back for the Miami Dolphins, he played 97% of the snaps. And, and the problem with Kosicki that we've seen in his career is the Dolphins have not wanted to play him as their inline tight end. You know, they played Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen and Hunter Long and Seathan Carter, you know, because those guys are better at blocking. And now finally, George, for the first time in his career, the Dolphins are trusting him to play as an inline tight end. And that's that's a big development for his usage. It'll get him on the field more. That always was his issue. Kosicki really is a wide receiver playing tight end. He's still not a great blocker. He's just not terrible anymore. You know, so he's sort of, I guess you could say he's taking the next step, but he needs another step or two to go here. He is part of the problem with the, you know, the pass rush sometimes getting the two of there. But he's a very good receiver. I'd like to see him be a, a you know, he is more a focal part of the game plan now, and he should be that kind of guy. He's never going to be Kittle or uh, Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, one of those guys. He's not going to be that, but he can be next tier, you know, a top eight tight end fantasy-wise. Uh, it's not like he has that much competition in the NFL throughout for what uh, we need him to be. 
All right, so he should be that kind of guy for Tua or whoever else is going to end up being quarterback of that team next season if Deshaun Watson does indeed uh, go there. So we'll see here. I do like Kosicki, uh, but he's that guy. I don't know. You know, you need to take whatever he does for the next eight, nine games here. I don't know if he's, uh, as far as where his ranking is going to be next year, he's going to go up that higher. He's going to be in that mess with everybody else. We're not going to trust him completely. I don't see that changing. Only has two touchdowns this year. Maybe that's part of that's uh, to his fault and not his fault. But still, I don't think he's ever going to take that next huge leap. I think what we're seeing now is about what he is here. Not the 115. That's the high end. But a guy who's going to catch five, six balls, somewhere around 50, 60 yards, get you a touchdown every three weeks, every four weeks, around that. Yeah. All right. We got to discuss. Uh, so I want to discuss the last league winner, which is not on our list, but of course, Cooper Cup, 63 receptions, 925 <sighs> yards, 10 touchdowns. So that my question is not even about his value this year. My question is, where does Cooper Cup go in drafts next year? And will you be will you be taking him? I want, I want to take him this year, and I missed him in a lot. I just had some faith in him. Stafford's going to be there. It's a passing offense here. Daryl Henderson is good enough to keep uh, defenses honest here. I think he's top 10. You know, at least top 10. You can make it obvious better than that, depending on how well it goes on here, especially what goes on in the offseason with the Rams here. Stafford can throw the football, and he's a good, good quarterback. And he, obviously, his BFF is Cooper Cup. And Robert Woods, assuming he's there next year as well, is once again good enough to keep defenses honest. If they could add, a tight end there, a legitimate tight end, even more dangerous. I love me some Cooper Cup. So top 10, maybe not being nice enough. Maybe it's top eight, top five even. He is that good. He is that good. I I worry that Cooper Cup might find himself in a Stephon Diggs situation where, you know, Diggs was so amazing last year, 1,600 yards. I think he 14 touchdowns in the end. I worry a little bit. Cooper Cup might be kind of like Diggs, where he takes a slight step back in terms of efficiency, a slight step back in terms of hardware, you know, from 30% to 25%. Uh, so definitely something to think about with Cooper Cup. Guys, we are going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on Fantasy Sports Today. When we return, we are going to take a look at Thursday Night Football for the single game slate on Fantasy SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz. Before we get into our analysis of Thursday night football uh, for the FanDuel single-game slate, I need to remind everyone, please follow at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. You can also follow SportsGrid on Instagram if you like seeing video clips of our, our smiling faces. If you follow SportsGrid and SportsGrid TV on Twitter, you're going to get lots of breaking news notes, uh, all the injury analysis you need. You'll have content from myself, from George, from Craig, from Scott Farrell, 
from everyone on the network. You're not going to miss any of the important headlines or stories, and you're going to get all of the best content from the network. Little bit of breaking news before we get to our Thursday night football preview. Tyrod Taylor is going to be starting for the Houston Texans against the Miami Dolphins. I guess we really could not be surprised, George. I mean, Tyrod Taylor was playing pretty well before he got injured. They did beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, we could we could definitely have Miami losing to the lowly, lowly Houston Texans this weekend with Tyrod starting. Yeah, I wouldn't shock me. I wouldn't sh- Listen, I'm not going to gamble on it. I barely want to watch this game. I think the Dolphins, you could make a strong argument, are the most disappointing team in the NFL. Uh, but uh, we'll see. They have two bad teams. Uh, playing there in Miami and a lot of noise on Watson. We'll see what's going to happen there. Uh, Houston, personally, I think I might have stuck with uh, Mills. I mean, he's, he's the younger quarterback. We know what Taylor is as far as an NFL quarterback. He's not going to be your quarterback next season more than likely. Yeah, I would have let Mills go here, although maybe you've already made that determination. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it's one of those very interesting situations. So Thursday night football between the New York Jets and the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are... Ten and a half point home favorites, minus five fifty on the money line. The total for this game low, as you would anticipate, forty five and a half. Before we get into the Thursday night football DFS prices on FanDuel, George, how do we think this game plays out? Do we think the Jets can cover? Are we buying the Mike White Renaissance? I mean, what? How do we? How do we think these two teams are are going to try and play each other tonight? Well, the Colts are the better team, and they're at home. It's a Thursday game. We know all the numbers are always going to point towards the home team on Thursday night. But as far as where my money's going to go, I mean, you're going to give me four to one. I'll take a shot. The Jets can follow up on what they how they played on Sunday and ride that momentum uh, and can cover the spread. Do I think they will? I'm not positive about it. I'm just take playing the numbers here. I as far as gambling is concerned, I only need to hit this one of every three, four times to be profitable. This kind of spread. They'll be profitable. So that's where my money's going to go. I'll take the Jets tonight. Uh, I don't think they're a very good team, but Indianapolis is sort of finds ways to lose, right? Especially in primetime games now. We, we saw their implosion against uh, Baltimore a couple of weeks back, a game they should have won. Uh, I'm not going to say they should have beaten Tennessee, but, mm, you know, you certainly had a shot there before Carson Wentz decided, no, we're not winning. Yeah, they have problems in their secondary. Maybe Mike White can follow, follow it again. So like I said, I don't feel great about the Jets. I don't. I'm just playing this more as far as, like I said, I need to hit this kind of spread. One of every three, depending on how much money I spend, one of every three, four times to be profitable here. So I'm going to be on the Jets tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think the Jets are probably the correct spread bet. I know Brett Levy is, he's listening to you and I going, I can't believe this crap. I can't believe these guys are talking about the New York Jets. You can't bet on the Jets. And, you know, to be fair, to be fair to Brett, I certainly think there is a, a, a path in this game where Jonathan Taylor just loses his mind. You know, 28 carries, 180 yards, two rushing touchdowns, you know, kind of like a, a vintage Derrick Henry style performance out of Jonathan Taylor. Like, you know, the Jets defense is bad. Jonathan Taylor's very good. Uh, Frank Reich, you know, basically said after that loss against the Titans, he said he, he just, you know, was really unhappy with his coaching performance. So I, I think they probably will be trying to take the ball out of the hands of Carson Wentz and be running a ton, which is a nice little seg to our FanDuel Thursday night football DFS prices, the the single game slate over there. Carson Wentz, the most expensive player at 16,500. Jonathan Taylor is 16K flat. Mike White is 14K. Michael Pittman Jr. is 13.5. Michael Carter is 13,000. Corey Davis is not going to play tonight. So we do have some value with the Jets wide receivers. And, uh, you know, George, I, I probably feel that the winning team tonight is going to be likely, I do think, Jonathan Taylor at, at MVP. You know, is, the odds would suggest that. But getting the whack-a-mole or, or pinning the tail on the Jets wide receiver, whether it be Denzel Mims, whether it be Keelan Cole, Jameson Crowder, Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios, whichever one of those guys has the best game, I think is probably the best way to diagnose the winning lineups for tonight's slate. Oh, you're 100% correct there. 100%. It's really on the Jets. We know who's going to be the big guys for Indianapolis. All right, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor, and what you said there is so important. I think Wright gets to be criticized himself, and by the way, he deserves a lot of criticism. I think they're going to want to take the ball out of Wentz's hands. I'm not going to say as much as possible, but I'm looking here at uh, Jonathan Taylor. Last five games, he's averaging about 16 touches a game. That's not enough. 
I think uh, 16 uh, rushing attempts a game, I should say. He has about 19 touches. I think he eclipsed eclipsed 20 in this game. 22, 23 wouldn't shock me here. Uh, Give Taylor the ball, let him run. He's playing great of late. Reich has been weird with his touches with him. I think uh, Taylor's going to be a monster night tonight. Love Michael Pittman as well. But we can't have all the expensive uh, Colts in the lineup. It is guessing which Jets guy is it. I Listen, I think Crowder's your safe play for the Jets. He's going to be that guy. He's not going to have that, you know, 160-yard game. He's not that kind of receiver. But I think he's your safe play there. He's going to get, you know, five, six characters here, 60, 70 yards. I need him to get in the end zone. That's what we need Crowder to go. Because you are going to pay a decent price for Crowder. He's still 11000 here. Need him to hit pay dirt here. So uh, I'll go with Crowder tonight for the Jets. Mainly because I don't think Corey Davis is going to play. Does it look like it? I haven't seen any updated information on him. And the other guys you mentioned, that's literally rolling the dice. You know, maybe and there's no you're either going for the, the high upside or you know the low floor because they could get two cats for 12 yards for all we know. You're going to go with a Denzel Mims type. I truly believe if I'm the Jets, and I know this sounds strange, you know, Crowder shouldn't be the guy. We know what Crowder can do, and, you know, you're terrible. Anyway. You're not going anywhere this year. You need to get Elijah Moore involved. You need to get Denzel Mims involved because you need to make observations of these guys, assessments. Can they be with you next year, two years, ten years down the line when you're a good team again? That sort of thing. Crowder's already – we know you're, he's the best receiver there. I know that. But he's not going to help you back when you eventually turn this thing around. So I wish they wouldn't go to him as much, but I think Crowder's going to be the guy tonight. Yeah, so I, I do think Crowder will be pretty, pretty strong. But as you mentioned, he is, you know, relatively speaking for a uh, a New York Jets wide receiver, pretty pricey on this slate. He's priced at 11000 So I, I, I went and looked. I did my research here because I will be playing this single game slate tonight for sure. If you had to guess, what wide receiver do you think led the New York Jets wide receiving group? Not, not in targets, but in snaps last week, George. Well, I know it's not Mims. I know it wasn't Davis. Uh, doesn't I would have guessed Crowder. No, it, and I'm it, guessing I'm wrong by that. No, it was Mims. Mims played. Mims and Keelan Cole played the most snaps. And the reason why that is, is they're the only two guys that can play on the outside. They use the Elijah outside. Moore on the outside a little bit too. But, you know, Elijah Moore is what? He's like 5'8", 185 pounds. Like he's not a great outside wide receiver. And Crowder is slot only. Uh, Braxton Berrios slot only. I mean, Braxton Berrios might be smaller than me. So Mims and Keelan Cole, certainly they uh, they do not inspire a lot of confidence, right? I mean, you, you you throw out the name Denzel Mims and people just start laughing at you. Like, you know, what are we, what are we talking about Denzel Mims for? But Mims is 6,500 on this slate. He did see three targets, caught two of them for 30 yards last week. Really all you would need for him to do is catch a touchdown. If Denzel Mims, you know, catches the only Jets receiving touchdown this week, or or Keelan Cole for that matter. And by the way, Keelan Cole should have had a touchdown last week. I oh, don't yes. know what the NFL, I don't know what the ruling was on that because it's very clear in the NFL rule book that if your butt lands in in, in bounds, if your butt lands in bounds, that means it's a reception, right? That's, a that, that's point, always yeah. been the rule. It's it's uh, what was the 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 Fox commentators were really funny. They said one cheek equals two feet, which is literally the NFL rule, and that's what Keelan Cole got. And they didn't give him his touchdown for whatever reason. And then I think that turned into a Michael Carter touchdown. But Keelan Cole should have had a touchdown last week. He is priced at seven thousand. Um, so I I don't know which one out of Keelan Cole or Denzel Mims will see more targets, but I know that those two guys played the most snaps for the Jets at wide receiver last week because, again, they're the only ones that can play outside. Moore, Crowder, Berrios, those guys are all fighting for inside wide receiver snaps. They also played uh, this this guy by the name of Jeff Smith, uh, uh, like 20 snaps at wide receiver last week, uh, but he was only targeted once, so I don't, I don't think he's all that relevant. Uh, and then before we get to our MVPs, other than Michael Pittman Jr., uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, we have um, – so it's Zach Pascal, it is Ashton Doolin, and they have another wide receiver whose name I am totally spacing on right now. But basically, outside of Michael Pittman Jr., do you like any of the Colts pass catchers? Well, Allie Cox, Jack Doyle, any of those guys? I'd go with Allie Cox. All right, the, once again, the, the tight end there, big target close to the middle. Maybe, maybe Wentz is a little smarter this week, maybe. 
I know that's asking a lot from him, but that's be the guy that comes, comes to mind with tight end there. Uh, Jack Boyle, I know he had the touchdown last week. That's more of a one-and-done thing. I'm not, I wouldn't go back to the well with that, uh, thinking he's going to get it again. He might, but I'm not going to go back uh, to the well with it. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's out for this game as well, so we're not going to see much from him. So uh, give me Mo Ali Cox as far as if I had to pick somebody else. But I think this is a Pittman game strong. And Pascal, Pascal is good in the beginning of the year. By good, I mean he did something. He's really been quiet of late, hasn't done as much yet. Maybe he has a revitalization here with the uh, other receivers out, but I wouldn't be banking on it. Yeah. All right, so let's look at our MVPs. And before I get into mine, George, I will I will turn the table over to you for, you know, clearly the best player of the slate, Jonathan Taylor. You already said it earlier, and I said it again. I think this is going to be a Jonathan Taylor game heavy. I said he. I think he's averaged 16 rushes, three receptions. I think he's going to eclipse both tonight. And I just think once again, Wentz made mistakes last week. It cost them that game. Uh, short week. What's the easiest thing they want a short week? Give it to the running back. Jets not going to be able to stop Taylor. I think Taylor's going to have a monster game tonight. It wouldn't shock me if he eclipses 175 total yards in this game, receiving and rushing. Almost want to say 200 there. And I got him at least one touchdown. I might put if I was doing an over under, be all one and a half as far as touchdowns tonight. Big game with John Taylor. Yeah, I mean, he is going to be so, so owned in this single game slate, but you are right. I mean, just he, he, he's the MVP here, like a huge percentage of the time. The reason why I opted for Elijah Moore is yes, he only played 36% of the snaps last week, but he actually was targeted the most of any Jets wide receiver. Now, not the most of any Jets player because Mike White loves to check down to Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. And he targeted, he's targeted those guys um, in the two games he's played. He's already targeted those guys over 40 times, which like, it sounds like I'm making that up, but it's not like he, he is just absolutely peppered those guys with the ball. But Elijah Moore uh, last week on 30 snaps, he was targeted six times, caught all six of them for 67 yards, also got a rushing attempt the week before he scored on a rushing attempt against the New England Patriots. So they're kind of looking for some creative ways to get him the ball. Basic element behind this play is if you use more in your captain slot and he scores, you were able to play Wentz, you're able to play Taylor, you can play Mike White, and then you can go with one of those cheap Jets wide receivers that we talked about earlier. So lots of different avenues, lots of different ways to attack the single game slate over on FanDuel tonight. Of course, we have all the projections, tools, and optimizers that you need to win uh, on FanDuel over at DailyRoto.com if you guys want to check those out. We are going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on Fantasy Sports Today. See you guys back in just a few moments. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone. Plus, spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, everyone, welcome back to our final segment here in Hour 1 on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz. An eventful 
week on the waiver wires. I was up. I mean, I, I was up until nine o'clock last night. I was, I was working on making sure the, the bids were exactly perfect. I saw some insane bids on Adrian Peterson last night in, uh, in some of my leagues. How did waivers go for you last night, George? Well, you said it. Uh, I didn't get Adrian Peterson in any league. Not that I was dying to get him, but hey, running back, I do think he's going to have some value there. I would have liked to have in a couple of leagues. I mentioned yesterday, I bid about uh, 37%, so around 375 in a lot of leagues before I heard, I saw Jeff Erickson's comments of Rotowire. Now, his league had an early run of Adrian Peterson. He said Peterson went for seven, double what I did. Double. I think it was 761, he said, was the winning bid here. I'm like, oh, God. So I did raise my bids. Didn't raise them enough. Last I checked, and listen, there's a league or two. I haven't checked yet. They, I think they ran this morning, and I was, I've been busy. I was over, big donut. Didn't get Adrian Peterson anywhere. And like I said, I went over 50% in some leagues, so it's over 500 or over $50, depending on what you're playing here, and I didn't get them. So I doubt I got them in any other league, uh, Davis. That's the way it was going. You had to bid high. You pretty much had to empty your fab if you wanted them. People were flipping out for them. I get it. We're in week nine. You got to do what you got to do to get you know, your running back here. Good team. He's going to fall into the end zone sometimes here. Uh, do I have some remorse? A little bit. A little bit that I don't, didn't get him anywhere. I wasn't desperate anywhere. I'm still okay at running back. I just I just would have liked to have the uh, better depth. Yeah, I have no remorse. I, I am completely fine. I In <laughs> one of my leagues, one of my leagues uh, in the FFPC main event, he went for seven hundred and two fab dollars, which is you know a hair over seventy percent. I at like I I can't now. If I could have got him for like one forty, sure, you know that that would have been fine. But I I saw some insane prices. I mean, I I bid on a lot of you know Carlos Hyde and and stuff like that. But a very interesting week on the waiver wire, Evan. We're going to go ahead and run into a break here, real quick on fantasy sports today, rounding out the end of hour one. Stay tuned with us for Chris Kofsky's news update, and we will see you guys back in just a few moments. Sports happens every day, and we give you expert insights and information on gaming, odds, and more every day. You see it. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.